Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Only eight weeks left, so get your hotel room secured at the Orleans Hotel and Casino for October 7th and 8th for Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend. And to get a discount on your rooms, use discount code VWCJ22C. That's VWCJ. There's a link on letstalkdubs.com. If you click on the Showtime link, there's a link that'll take you directly where you need to go to book your rooms. So make sure you book your rooms. There's only eight weeks left until this unbelievable event's going to take place where you get to come to Vegas, cruise your Volkswagen on the world-famous Las Vegas Boulevard, go to a car show Saturday morning at the Orleans Hotel and Casino, and then top it off with your chance to win your share of over $2,000 in cash for the Let's Talk Dubs and the Wagon One Crazy Weekend Poker Run. This year, the shirts are being designed by Steve Nazar, who's famous for the town the TNC surf designs primal surf and all those uh, big dog shirts he's the artist that's designing the shirts for the one crazy weekend this year. This year, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to have one design for the whole event. Participants in the poker run will get a limited edition specific color shirt that's not available anywhere other than if you participate in the poker run. It'll also be branded for the participants. So you want to make sure you register for the poker run and get all that secured. If you want an extra shirt, there's a column on there to order an extra shirt, but they're only for the people that are in the poker run. So I'm pretty excited. You guys should be getting excited because the weather's starting to cool down and it's going to be one fantastic weekend here in las vegas any vendor information if you'd like to display as a vendor at our event send me an email at bill at letstalkdubs.com and we can get you set up as a vendor as always to support the podcast go to letstalkdubs.com slash store and click on the page to see what's available pick out some merch and we'll get it shipped out to you. And don't forget to support our sponsors that support this podcast. VW Trends Magazine, a magazine for the people, by the people. A quarterly magazine out at this time produces features and layouts that are completely different than the norm in the VW scene. Mixing a little bit of water-cooled and a little bit of air-cooled in, VW Trends Magazine's got something for everybody and plenty of technicals and how-to. To subscribe to VW Trends Magazine, go to vwtrendsmagazine.com. That's vwtrendsmagazine.com. And don't forget longtime show sponsor, Ross Wolf. You know what, guys? We've seen it all before. Aftermarket distributor clamps that won't stay tight, ones that are bulky, incorrectly pinch the distributor, or even clamps with gimmicky timing marks that are useless. Well, Ross Wolf has solved the problem. They've built a simple, attractive, and functional distributor clamp that won't fail. Simply put, Ross Wolf distributor clamp is the finest ever available and most reliable way to secure your distributor. They use T60, 61, T6 aluminum. That's as strong as structural steel. Ross Wolf is clamps for type one and type two engines, as well as type three. Even a clamp for running MSD style distributors on type threes and type fours. Get it together, guys. Don't let your don't get your timing all mixed up. Go pick yourself up a Ross Wolf distributor clamp. Find us on the market today. Ross Wolf, purveyors of speed and style. On today's podcast, we go back in the day. Back in the day to the logo cars. There was a lot of famous logoed cars out there that we all remember, all coming out of the uh, South Central and LA area and East LA area. There was a lot of those that were hitting the scene. And some of them we remember, you've got Electro Bug, Little Dreamer, Bad Temper, Bad Temper 2, Suicide Solution, Speedy Gonzalez, Pink Panther, Marvin the Martian, Kaboom, and the list goes on. There were a ton of logoed cars back in the day. But one of the more popular ones that hit VW Trends Magazine in the August 1985 issue was Ragberry. Ragberry was built by Dave Gonzalez in 1961 Ragtop Bug. And we get into the story of how he built it and the experience of owning that car and what ultimately happened with Ragberry. We also get in depth a little bit with 
the club that he started back then, which was a club called Boys in Style. It's a great listen and some history of what was taking place back in the day and what it was like. So to continue on down this road of collecting a little bit of history, check it out this week. Ragberry's original owner, David Garcia, on this week's Let's Talk Dubs. Here's a Volkswagen that's big enough. The new VW Fastback Sedan. The Fastback also has the most powerful engine we've ever made. It's air-cooled. We're going back in some of the retro podcasts we do for some of the famous cars back in the day. And I know a lot of you are familiar with the car Ragberry. And on today's show, I've got Dave Garcia, who's the owner of Ragberry, which was featured in VW Trends in 1985, also Lowrider Magazine in 1988. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for your time, everyone. Obviously, this is about Ragberry, and we want to get to the origins of that story. So what's your VW story, and how did you first get into Volkswagens? Well, I'm uh, located in East L.A., and, uh, of course, I'm in my high school years and cruising here and there. And I ran into an oval by the name of Little Dreamer. And the owner of Little Dreamer is Ray Mejia. And... um, when I saw his VW, I go, man, that's pretty cool and everything. So I went looking. I bought um, one Volkswagen like for eight hundred dollars, and then I got another one for twelve hundred. And the one that I purchased at twelve hundred is a nineteen sixty one VW Ragtop. Yeah. Okay. So then. Um, I started seeing a lot of Volkswagens popping up here and there. I used to hang out with a club named California Dreamers. And uh, that was a VW Bug Club. And uh, I got a lot of different ideas. And then... Uh, now, how old are you at this time? Is this You're in high school, like 10th grade? Uh, well, let's see... Actually, I got a Ragberry because I was born in 1961, like the Volkswagen was 61. Perfect, perfect. So that's kind of so how that, that ties together. I was about 22 or 24 that I started in the VW scene. Okay. And then vintage vehicles were always uh, part of my route. And if anybody knows Mexican history, uh, for myself, my car was my... Uh, I don't know what they call it, the paper where they draw and come up with different ideas. Your canvas, like it, it was your canvas. Exactly. Of, was, you hit the nail on the dot. That was, was my canvas. Now, let me ask this question. As you're growing up in East L.A., who are the, like, Ray Mejia's out there with Little Dreamer, and, like, that's making people look things now. Coming from East L.A., a lot of guys out there are really into lowriders. Now, what's it like when there's a segment of you guys in the 80s that just move all into the VW world? Like, what's what are like the old school guys or the guys in the bombs and all that stuff and the lowriders? Or what's differentiating the guys from going 
classic lowrider and then Volkswagen? Um, not taking anything from the lowrider because they had their own canvas as well. Mm-hmm. For myself, uh, I wanted something sportier, um, nothing that is uh, a lowrider kind of associated with gang banging and everything. So I wanted to come up with something in between, and that's where I saw Ray Mejia, and I said, I'm going to do my own Volkswagen. And and who were the clubs that were around back in those days, in the early days? What clubs do you remember? Uh, we had the Volksmen, uh, California Dreamers, and then, uh, actually, I don't even think that many uh club i think it was just a solo uh persuasion that someone wanted to do it because like myself yeah everybody just just kind of doing your own thing right and and the volkswagen they addressed each other with respect and everything and everybody that came around used to drive and uh now how how long is it like when you buy uh ragberry right you're 61 Beetle, how long is it in, in the process to build that car? Does it take you? It probably took me about three to five years. Um, and I had a couple of friends that were painters, so I told them I want to do something outrageous because the funny thing on my vehicle, um, I don't know if any painters out there knew about Emron paint that's E M R O N, uh huh, and that's more like a silicone paint or plastic paint that uh varied in color where you had your regular enamel, acrylic enamel, or your candy. But this Emron paint was different, right? And, and matter of fact, uh, my Volkswagen, when you would take it and one uh, someone would take a picture of it with one camera. It will vary. The color will change. I don't know why, but it will be like a hot pink, a big pink. And for me, that was a big step because it did look like a hot pink. Right. And not, and not being uh, ignorant to gay guys or whatever, you know, I figure, oh, they're going to say that I'm gay, whatever. But I have no issues against any gender like that. I'm a freelance guy, very easygoing. And, and I think back in the day, you know, talking back in the eighties, that was kind of the thing. Right. And, but, I, but you know, like if you see a pink car, but in the same respect at that time coming up in the scene was a lot of fluorescent colors all in the eighties. It was, that was the vibe, you know, fluorescent greens, yeah. fluorescent pinks, all that kind of stuff. And the guys that were really pushing the limits were like bringing those pink colors to their cars. You know what I mean? Right. And Matter of fact, I had a, I have a good friend, but I couldn't find him on Facebook. Um, he had a Volkswagen called the Pink Panther, and I mean that could go as pink as you wanted to in those days. But right, you know, everybody respected each other's property, and so forth. What was your vision when you were building Ragberry? Like you thought, um. I'm going for these kind of wheels. Like, what was the setup? Like, what was the best thing you could get back in the day? Well, a good friend of mine named Randy, he used to own a Volkswagen shop called Active Buzz House in East L.A. 
So I will hang out with Randy, and I will see all kinds of old things coming in and everything. It just got me, you know, more excited. I want to do this. And in those days, you had all kinds of VW shots where the parts are not very hard to get. My my memory isn't, but the my love and uh, for my vehicle um, will never change. No, hundred percent, a hundred percent. At that time that you're in the in the VW scene in those days, there's like the cow looker, and then there's some of the early guys that are traditional to the lowrider scene that are all stock lowered on stock smoothies yeah. and fukes and stuff like that. We call them the sleepers. The sleepers. Yeah, old old school, and they were all original to the you know like if they will buy it off of the dealership. And my my perception is that I wanted to take it to the next level. And I enjoyed those days. I, I had over at that period of time between the um, mid '80s. It started a Volkswagen club with uh, the name of it is Boys in Style. Uh huh. And uh, I don't know if you got the pictures. I sent you the pictures through. Uh, I got them. Yeah. You see a lot of them. You see my Volkswagen. Oh yeah. Know, I had a group of them. We were we were all in a metal group, and we all took care of each other. Those are the good old days. Um, yeah, you guys were you guys were rolling deep. Yeah, big time. And where would you yeah. guys like back? So back in those days, like I got a couple questions first. So I want to kind of stick to the build portion of it. What made right. what made you decide? Like there were some logoed cars out there. You had Little Dreamer. You had Bad Temper. You had Bad Temper Two. And so you decided, like, I'm going to do a logo on my car. Now, who who did the logo for you? Uh, Danny A. He's a pinstriper. And um, actually, I think Bad Temper uh, 1 and 2 came after mine. There was uh, Red Alert, King Right. All of those came after mine. And I guess they liked the idea of putting a, a, a logo on the side of their car or name their car and everything. And so just to take us back then, what do you remember? Do you remember how much you paid to get the logo work done? Oh, in those days, it was pretty cheap. Now I know he he pays an arm in the lake. He he does fantastic work. Um, Yeah, Danny A was uh, the Picasso of uh, Volkswagen and mini trucks out there. Right. That were out there. He do the back window logo and all that stuff. And back back in those days, what would it cost to get the logos on the side of the car? Gee, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. I know apparently no more than three hundred bucks. <laughs> and I, and back then that was a lot of scratch. It was a week's pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like yeah. you're gonna pay what you work what you work for in a week to get it done, but it's but it's worth it to get it done. And Danny Aid's like the guy that did all the cars back yeah. then. Yeah. And, he, and he, now where were when you decide I'm going to name the car Ragberry, like how does that come together where, where you decide this is because, I, you know, we all sit in our garage with our primered car and a pile of yeah. parts and we're, we're coming up with a plan. How do you come up with your plan and what inspires you to get to, to kind of come up with a Ragberry name? Well, after they did my paint, it was like a hot magenta, hot pink. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looked like a raspberry color. So my car's a rag top, so I called it Ragberry. Nice. And then interior-wise, 
who's everybody using back then? Is everybody using the same guys or is everybody just use whoever they can get? Uh, actually, in uh, Boys' Style, the book club uh, that I was in, affiliated, we had a, a guy that did the upholstery. And uh, in those days, we tried to, you know, go to the junkyard and see what car, what the seat would uh, look good. Right. Nowadays, they have Recaro's, and you can pay a couple of thousand for Recaro's. Well, we didn't have that type of budget. Right. What so worked out for a lot of Volkswagen's were Mazda RX-7 seats you would take down the the foundation of it and just bolt it straight to the pan and coat it and so on and like right now i'm a six two 280 pound but at that time i was like six one and uh, 240 so you know a couple of times uh i got a uh, into a little misargument or talk and everything and the next thing you know, I'll get out of my car and then the little guy will go, oh, you're a big dude. You're a big dude. I go, yeah, man, but, you know, I don't know why you have to do this or why you have to do that. It's not going to make your car anything. So you can imagine me, you know, I pop up at uh, 6'2 and 240-something, uh, and I was, uh, that was my prime date. Right, and, right. That was right. But, you know, we would always talk. And we In those days, we didn't have to carry guns or anything you know, everybody respected and uh, the vehicles was it, hung up together. It's a different, it's a different time back then. Right. So now, exactly. now yeah. talking about those days, like where, where were the spots like your dream? I'm going to get this car done. And when I get it done, here's where I'm going to go cruise. Like what was, what was the goal for you? What was the, what were the hot spots to go cruise? Um, I sent you a picture of a green oval rag, and that's Randy who owned the active bug house. Me and him were best friends. Uh-huh. So we would roll, you know, you see two Volkswagen's, mine and his. We would go to Westwood, Beverly Hills, Hollywood, East LA, Whittier Boulevard, and uh, and uh, we're just, you know, not burning rubbers like people are doing everything. We're just like, you know, going slow and everybody would check out the we flashing cameras and everything. And, uh, yeah, all the way, uh, uh, from Westwood, Hollywood, East LA, Whittier Boulevard, they were all cruising. Um, I got in a little bit of trouble for racing my Volkswagen on stadium way. Now, when I would go racing, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, you know, go into too much of bugs. What I would like to pick on more the V8 because it would last. Oh, this little put put down on the BB. By the time they were getting out of first gear, I'm already on third gear down the block, and uh, uh, I my fastest on my Volkswagen was probably like 98, 105. I had a clock one time at Erendale mm-hmm. at uh, 98. And uh, and that's fully, you know, with a vehicle, everything inside and everything, you know, everybody cuts them out to take off the weight. But, but uh, those are the good old days. So let's talk about street racing for a sec. There's kind of two aspects to the car hobby. You build, you build your car for your goal to go cruise down the boulevard, get everybody rubbernecking and checking out your ride and trying to do something that makes it stand out. And, and there's nothing better, I think, than a big logo on the side of your car that just tells everybody the name of the car. So it was like, oh, did you see Ragbear? Did you see Little Dreamer? Did you see, you know, did you see, yeah. you know, this car, that car? And, yeah. 
and you do that and then there's also the aspect of like you're into the VW scene and you'd like to have a fast Volkswagen. Now who's building the motors at the, at those times back in the, uh, back in the day? That was my friend, uh, Randy from active bug house in East LA. So Randy's building the motors. Yeah. He, he had his own Volkswagen shop. He would do transmission motors and everything. And, uh, my days, the biggest motor you can have was a 2180 and that ran a lot of money. The largest, um, uh, motor that I had was a 1985 with dual 48 Weber's and it was a pretty good uh, remedy because um, Volkswagen's run hot. Nowadays we're up to 23, 27 cc. I can't even believe how big these motors got. Yeah. And uh, I follow my friend Ray Mejia, a little dreamer. And uh, I could see that he was working on turbo motors and everything and i go man he he, he stood to his pride yeah ray I mean, ray's playing yeah. for keeps over there ray's got some serious some serious horsepower he's still and he's <laughs> still in yes. the game yes yeah and i i just say to myself i'm happy for him he stood in the game um i don't know if you ever have taken a motor off of a volkswagen you gotta get the volkswagen up about a good four to five feet off the ground and then you drop the motor well, I done like about twenty of them, and little by little, my back took up beating. So, um, but Ray, yeah, he he had some uh, serious uh, motor issues right there, and I praise him. Like I said, he was like the first one that I saw with a Volkswagen. Yeah, and, like, and I could probably say that was the second one. Then all of a sudden, everybody started coming up. So it kind of became it kind of became a, a real popular thing in the East LA, which was kind of like your generation of of the Chicano guys going away from like the low riders a little bit. Cause maybe they were trying to low riders are too much associated with gang banging and that kind of stuff. And maybe it was a younger yeah. generation. that was just getting into the VW scene to try yeah. to, to try to put a, their spin on the hobby and B be contemporary with the classmates, like what other yeah. kids are doing. Cause the mini truck scene is big time back then. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's yeah. happening. I had a lot of friends from uh, mini trucks and, uh, now they're making a big comeback. <laughs> no, every everything everything that's old is new again, and, and everybody's kind of yeah. getting that nostalgia. So, yeah. in regards to uh, the scene back then, I mean, what would a typical Friday night look like for you guys back in the day? Uh, we would uh, hook up together. We will either go like to King Taco or to a big restaurant, and we will park there. Uh, Whittier Boulevard had a lot of uh, empty lots. We would go there and we would just sit there. Uh, probably some of my pride days I used to enjoy was we used to do quinceañeras, and that's when the girl would, uh, you know, they're becoming a lady. That's a best in tradition. And right. we would charge, we would charge maybe like forty bucks to use our Volkswagen while we will be like rolling twenty Volkswagen hard. And what we will do, we'll be going down, you know. With your boulevard and and the person in the front will like go block the other lanes, and then it was like a revolving door. Then the the persons that were blocking the street so that we can go without going to red lights, mind you. We we never got any problems across the way. You can't beat me. I go okay, officer. Right. You know a lot more respect there and then, but we will be rolling like with twenty Volkswagen, and usually. Um, 
I will be in front of them since I was the president, number one. Number two is that uh, when we would uh, go slowly, the the couple will sit on top of my rag top where they, with uh, a seat. As a matter of fact, I did four East LA College um, parades where I put them there and I would carry the the cheerleaders and they'll be sitting on top of Ragberry and there are, of course, you know, being a, a man looking at the little ladies and my uh, uh, friends will be like about good eight of us uh, going down through um, Cesar Chavez to yeah. celebrate uh, Mexican Independence Day. Yeah. Nice. So, the, so, so Ragberry was more than just a show car. Like Ragberry was like a staple in the community back then. Like, I mean, oh yeah. And this oh. is, and this is East LA area. And so, Quinceañeras, you guys are involved with. I mean, you guys are kind of a big part of the culture down there in, yeah, in East LA. Now, what about like sound systems? You guys are running back then. What kind of sound systems would you put? Did you have oh. in, in Ragberry? Um, I had like four Surin Vegas six by nine and two Altex medium and tweeters. Um, I was pretty good in that type of thing. Um, in those days, we didn't run, you know, much, much big, uh, 12 inches. Like right now, even in my Honda Accord right now, I have 12 inch. I love music and that wakes me up in the morning. But in those days, I didn't have any. 12 inch, not many people didn't because they will keep the back seat. If yeah. you're going to put a big back seat and put a bullbox, there goes, you know, two seats away from your vehicle. But everybody did what they wanted to do. Um, it was just more show and tell. Um, it's funny, like, oh, here there's a hamburger stand called SoCal. Mm-hmm. And I think the first Sunday of every month they meet there and and uh, one time down the block, they were at Staples. And then I go, oh, my. I, I walked up to the guy. And I go, oh, they're awesome and everything. And one of the guy goes, hey, aren't you Ragberry, David? I go, yep. Oh, man, if it wasn't for you starting this, I don't think I would have been involved in against. And, and what's really, really cool is that there's still guys that are 50 and 60 into the VW. Yeah. No, 100%. I wish I had mine, but I got in trouble with the highway patrol. Every time I took my vehicle out of my driveway, they were waiting for me. Your car's too loud. Your car's too low. And uh, so, what started the troubles with, with Ragberry? Because I mean, you you get it out there. You're featured in Lowrider magazine, which is like got to be a huge sense of pride for you to get it in Lowrider, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's especially um, with like the younger generation of Chicanos that are like doing custom cars and getting the respect from Lowrider magazine to have your bug in there, which was like, that's a pretty big deal to get a bug in Lowrider magazine, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was in the city of Southgate. They had their car show over there. And in that car show, I had like, uh, it was about six of us all together from, uh, M Emerald green to, uh, pink. And then of course mine, uh, I called it a raspberry color, but like I told you, it was very strange. Like every camera you took a picture of my vehicle, it will come out different. Right. The color, I don't know if it was the cameras or whatever, but 
even uh, I, I, it took a while for me to figure that out, but you know. Well, and we've we we've uh, you know we've we've talked to you remember Bad Raz from back in the day, which came out a little bit a little bit after you, and it was out of yeah. Salinas area, which was uh, which was one of the cars. But you know he's you know he's let us in on a little tidbit that you know with that raspberry color, like between four and five o'clock, right when the sun's coming down, there's a specific shade of raspberry that comes out of that car, and then in the direct sunlight, it looks different than when it's in the shade. So yeah. it's, it's definitely a unique color, and totally understand yeah. what you're talking about and, there. And it and it goes back to that type of paint called Amron. I don't even know if they still use that or anything. They, I know they're candy doctor and everything, but. Yeah. I came out with that pain, and uh, uh, it's, it's been a it's been a blessed uh, trial of my life. You could say that because I still wish I still had it. Um, I went looking at Volkswagens that were like mine, and they want twenty thousand dollars everything. I go, well, uh, my profession is I work with children with autistic, so I don't make that type of money. <laughs> right, right. Well, so, but back in the day when you built the car, I mean, you were doing it kind of on a shoestring budget, but maybe you could put all, you might have been living at home, could put all your money in the car if you wanted to. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. it's, a, it's a little different, but now tell me the story of how long, so how long you own Ragberry from 1980. You buy it in like 1983, 84. What year do you buy the car and what year do you finally sell the car? Okay. I purchased a car, I want to say like 1983. Mm -hmm. And 1985, it came out in VW Trans. In 1988, it came out in Lowrider. And then um, I got a little bit problem with the police department. And I went ahead, you know. If you ever worked on vehicles, whatever money you make, you're never going to get your money back. I probably put maybe about 5000 into that car. Right. And uh, and then when it was time to sell it, you know, I, I just had to get it. And I got rid of it in 1987 because I went and got myself a Celine Mustang. Oh, really? So in 87, you pay. So you sell. What do you end up selling Ragberry for? Um. I really don't know, but I know it was more than 5,000. And matter of fact, there's a gentleman, his name is John Salinas. He says that he bought my Ragberry for me, and I told him, well, you know, um, he was from East LA and everything, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he's a, a big-time follower as well. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I'll say maybe about two years ago, my brother came up to me and he told me, hey, your your car's still alive. And I go, no, that's a fake Ragberry because I could tell by the gas tank and, uh, and the rag top, which was cut in, it wasn't the original. I mean, I'd be able to figure it out. But yeah, um, for the hell of it, one time I Googled Ragberry and my Volkswagen showed up. And a matter of fact, there's uh, another Ragberry and then one that comes out in the Pomona car show. Yeah. And uh, he says that that's the original one, but then somebody else told me he bought it, he fixed it, and he sold it to some kids from Japan. Now, a lot of these kids from Japan, they have the money, they come and buy everything what they want. No, and, uh, 100%. I mean, how does it make you feel, though, to see – people build tribute cars to the car that you built back when you were a teenager. 
Back uh, in your young, early 20s. I have mixed emotion because, you know, I feel like, hey, they're taking my car away from me. But then I look at the positive side because there's, there's too much BS in this world to be thriving on negative side. I say, well, this guy probably liked it and he's going to keep keep it all, the, my ragberry alive. Um, I have pictures of it before it was uh, painted and everything. Uh, I even have the centerfold that's uh, um, the centerfold from uh, VW Trend. Oh, nice. And, and I have it on a plaque. Now, you know, when you do a centerfold magazine, you got to cut it and try to put it together, or they put it on a plaque with 14 leaf uh, borders leaf. on it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's rad. So you've got, yeah. uh, so. When you end up selling the car, what kind of trouble do you get in with the cops? What how how, how does that all go down? Um, I guess they you know they have radio communicating, and it's not like hey the red red Volkswagen or hot pink Volkswagen. My name's right there, Ragberry. <laughs> oh so really? They can pinpoint me, and uh, I did about a good couple of a good six to eight races at the Stadium Way. And um, like I said, I liked picking on the V8s because they would make fun of me and everything. And then I go, okay, well, you could kiss my tail then when you see it at the finish line. So how would how would how would you guys set up the racing at Stadium Way? Like, what, what was the like? Everybody meets there Friday night. You guys meet at a different location first, and everybody crews over to Stadium Way. Like, how's all that go down back in the day? Uh, we would have a, a meeting place. Uh, either at the entrance of Elysian Park or we will go to Tommy's in Alvarado and Rampart. That's a major uh, hangout. Uh, we will get together there and then uh, then uh, usually another car club will pop up and they'll either come in and uh, in groups of, you know, four or five will be groups of seven or eight and then uh you know, they'll say, hey, well, let's go run a quarter mile. Before we even got there, the quarter mile was already set up with cones and everything. We just pop up there and just put up the cones and everything, and we'll get one person from uh, the V8s and then uh, one person in, uh, with the Volkswagen and say, okay, well, we got 500 bucks. You guys got 500 Yeah, we'll back to I go, okay, so we'll just take it out. And one person from their club and one of ours will hold the money. And there were never issues, you know. There so you win, you win or lose, you get your money or not, and you just roll out. Like that's kind of how it went. Everybody was pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty easy back then. Yeah. 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 So once you got a reputation, once Ragberry got a reputation of being fast, was it hard to get races? Uh, Not really, not really, but it, it, it became a situation where uh, we didn't want it to lead into problems. Right. right. So um, do you think the, the cops had seen you racing over at Stadium Way and that's where you got on the radar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and, where, I, and where I lived at and where I grew up is uh, the CHP, right? It's right there, like no more than... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I live basically across the street from the CHP. <laughs> right. So they, they, there was no hiding that raspberry car coming down the road. 
And no. then especially with your exhaust and the carburetors and all that stuff, yeah. she wasn't, you weren't sneaking around in that thing. No, I was standing out like a sore thumb. <laughs> so it had as good and as, you know, as positive and as negative. Right, know? right. And I always try to keep it positive because like I tell you, uh, whenever I, like when I was at Staples, maybe about four or six months ago, I saw these um, little mini buses and then I go, oh, that's cool. And then one guy goes, hey, you were the guy that owns Raspberry. I go, yeah. I go, a long time ago, bro. I go, nah, man. Your car was badass. And I think that's why all these people got into this. And then I go, well, that's great. I'm positive. I'm not God. I'm not saying that I'm replacing. But uh, you love and uh, show respect out there. You should get it. If I saw my Volkswagen, I wouldn't probably be able to drive it out in the streets by myself because of uh you know, somebody might want to tax me. <laughs> right, right. They want to get that tax from you. Yeah, and, you, you can't. You can't have nothing nice like that. Well, you could, but if you're in a group of guys, and then you never know if someone's gonna be carrying. You have to get the know. boy. You got to get the boys and style back together. Now, talk to me about a little bit about boys and style and the history of the club. Like, who founded the club? Who were some of the members? And what were some of the cars that are notable from back in the day? Well, thanks to Facebook and Instagram, I found maybe a couple of friends. I found a friend by the name of Juan. He has an orange Volkswagen, and he still has his Volkswagen. He's like maybe like 56, like me around there, and he still has his Volkswagen. And I go, really? man, you're lucky, yeah. And, uh, and he's, still, he's, he's got the same car from back in the day. Yes, yes. That's pretty awesome. And so when you when you chatted with him and tracked him down, like when you guys would hang out, you would just kind of cruise around, see another Volkswagen guy kind of in the East L.A. era and be like, yo, we got this club. You want to hang out? Yeah. We meet at what, Where would you guys normally meet? Um, usually a good spot that we like to meet was in East L.A. at a store called uh, Pet Boys. Uh-huh. And we would, you know, we wouldn't like, you know, cause any commotion. We just wanted a place to look up. Uh, as a matter of fact, also on Third Street at Manic, there was a long driveway on the street, and we were all parked there. And then, of course, like we will meet every other uh, Sunday at uh, Legion Park. I think I sent you a photo of like maybe eight or ten Volkswagens. All of them are there together. Yeah, but in front uh, of the palm trees. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. seems to be, and that's still a pretty popular park where, where a lot of car oh, yeah. guys meet over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and now back then, right, so that's late 80s, starts to get to early 90s. Well, you said you got rid of it by 87 because you bought a new Celine in 87? Yes. Nice. Yeah. And then how soon is it after you sell it? I mean, probably, you know, back in those days when we we're coming up, you kind of get rid of a car, you're moving on to the next thing. It's probably right. not till years later where you start thinking back to Ragberry or somebody brings it up to you and think like, man, I should have kept it. I always say that. Hey, you could put that on my gravestone. <laughs> I should have kept it. Ragberry Rag owner. I should have yeah. kept it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, those, are, those are great, real great days. And, and uh, my dad passed away about five years ago. And when the magazine came out in 1985, I go, look, Dad, we did it. He goes, what did we do? I go, look. And uh, he goes, that's your card. That's your card, David. I go, yes, Dad. And, 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 you know, it was just like, 
Uh, all right, I'm Mr. East LA here and there. You know, you get fat headed naturally, but you try to keep your poise. Right. And uh, my and my dad, you know, would always tell me, you're always working at your bus, and you better pick up that oil stain on the driveway and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's uh, life's too good, and, you know, we have issues nowadays, but um, that will be probably one of my chapters of my life. Uh, my on the inside of the door, inside the cab of the PW, I have my daughter, mm-hmm. who's forty-two now, and I put her name Christy. And uh, I really enjoy those days. I wish I could get a hold of more friends or whatever, but you know, some don't like the Facebook. Our Instagram for me, I've been working in uh, Ramona Garden, which is a hardcore project. Mm-hmm. And I fall, you know, I, I have to say, I worked with over 5,000 children, and they all were um, look at me and respect me. Yeah, well, that, listen, it's a, it's a commendable thing to work with kids, man, and uh, and and be able to help the community like that, man. I definitely, I definitely give you much props and respect for that, you know, because that goes. Sometimes that goes a lot farther than a car that we build. You know what I mean? But a lot of things, you know, the, the, the good thing I think is that Ragberry is a notable car, notable to the point where people have created tribute cars to the original Ragberry because it impacted a lot of people when they saw that car. It, it, you took that canvas and you, with your ideas and your passion, you've motivated other people and ignited fires in other guys to have them like one day I'm going to be that dude. I'm going to be like the dude in Ragberry. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh yeah. I still get that all the time. Um, I went through my old books. I found a lot of pictures, um, but I was trying to find my sweaters cause we even had like little tank top shirts with our car pictures on the back. And oh we, really? Yeah. I couldn't find it. So you guys would get like, go get them airbrushed or what? Yes, yeah, we had them airbrushed, and Danny A did the airbrushing. So Danny and, A did airbrushing, pinstripe, and everything. Because sounds like I need to get Danny A on the podcast and talk to him about, you know, yeah. the heyday of pinstriping, airbrushing, window logos, and lettering he, cars. He probably wouldn't. He wouldn't remember me as David Garcia, but you tell him about Ragberry, and he goes, <laughs> oh yeah, everybody knows everybody by their car name back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's all love and respect. Matter of fact, uh, one of my uh, had a roommate, and I sent a picture of a green Volkswagen Emron, and it said Electrobus. Yeah, yeah, that was my roommate. So when we used to just go out for a hamburger or whatever, and you know, turn heads, but uh, that oval that I told you that belonged to my buddy Randy when we would go to um, West Hollywood, it was just like a different, you know, it's all like you know. Not be negative, but all white people, right? And, and they're all just like you know, wow, look at those cars, that's cool and everything. And, uh, well, de- de- there's definitely something that in, in in the Latino culture, with the VW on the VW side, they definitely have a specific look, and their culture comes through in their cars, from like the logo cars to like right. even even like the deep dish rear wheels. You know, they, they always did, they always had a specific style that set them yeah. apart. To quote William Nogueros on our podcast last time, he was a Bugs Buddies guy. 
and he uh, he said that you know they used to call them white boy bugs. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> the, the the street race, the the, the kind of classic cow look or the the bugs on eight spokes and stuff like that and a lot of the guys in east la in that area they like chrome they like shiny and you could see it in the style of their car so it's definitely it's part of the beauty of the hobby you know the diversity of the vw culture is it goes across race and color and and one thing that's the great equalizer is the car right the car is what brings us all together you know and and I think a true VW enthusiast really appreciates the car no matter what style it is. They appreciate the blank canvas that somebody took that they made 40 million of them and made it their own. You know what uh-huh. I mean? To where in the production line of Volkswagen, there's a serial number out there that belongs to Ragberry and nobody at VW knows that's Ragberry. But there's a bunch right. of kids that grew up in the 80s and bought the magazines and they know Ragberry when they see Ragberry. So... I think it's something good to 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 know that you 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 made a mark in the VW scene. You inspired a bunch of kids, and uh, I'm I'm stoked that you built the car because it's definitely a car that uh, that that had an impact on a lot of people, man. So I, I'm stoked too. that we got to have you on the podcast and talk about that. Hey, I I just got an email from Tori Alonso. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's fired up about the uh, about the, yeah the 80s. about the East LA thing. Yeah. He is for yeah. sure. Now, boys in style. When does that like when you leave the club and you sell your car? Is is it about that time? A lot of the guys kind of started moving on, getting out of the VW scene, or what? What happened with boys in style? Um, I think uh, most of us just off, you know, went our own ways. People got married and so on, had family. For me, I when I, I like I had to let the VW go because it was just like I um, uh, between me and you. Um, in those days, you had fixing tickets, right? And I would go over there, and uh, my uncle was a highway patrol. I go, hey, stamp <laughs> this for me, stamp this for me, stamp for me. Well, shit! By the time it is, you know, nowadays you have a fixing ticket like fifty dollars. Then it was nothing, right? And I, I'll say I had maybe no less than 30 tickets, but they were none uh, moving tickets or anything. They were just a fixing ticket. Right. No no turn signals, no, you know, cars too yeah. low, exhaust too loud. Yeah, especially when they rang uh, a stinger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, yeah. that's awesome, man. So, well, listen, Dave, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. If people want to follow you on Instagram, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, right now, I found it. It's a big Dave Garcia, B I G D A V E G A R C I A. All right. Well, I, I I dig it for sure, man. And I'll put a link to that. And then also, you're on Facebook if people want to track you down and look you up or kind of dig into some of that East LA history. Yeah. Um, let me see where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. Am I. Um, and you're people can track you. You're on the '80s Facebook page, or are you on that uh, '80s classic Volkswagens of the of the '80s and '90s. I'm in that uh, V Dubs with, uh, with Tori. Uh huh. I'm on there, and then uh, I'm in a three. I'll say maybe three to four different communities of uh, of VWs. 
Well, very cool, man. Well, I definitely, I definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. And uh, if you find any pictures, I'd love to see some of the pictures of the logos of uh, of Boys in Style. You know, see how that. Yeah. How if it, I, I think I said you maybe like about six different Volkswagen. One of them, King Rag, um, uh, Electro yeah, Bug, Electro Bug, King Bug. Rag. And, yeah, then, and then there was a the king. Um, and you got a, you sent me a window logo of a car club called Proud Californians. Yeah, that was the first one. And if you look, that's uh, Proud California. That was the first bug club that I joined. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of history there. You got Pink Panther, you got King Rag, you got Ragberry, you got Electro Bug, you got Bad Temper 2. I mean, yeah, there's a, you got of course you got Little Dreamer. Who can forget Little Dreamer, right? Right. So, right. now yeah, I was scrolling through the pictures, and yeah, I send you a lot of pictures. Um, we were sometimes we were maybe up to twenty Volkswagen. We never said a no to anybody, but you know, um, we were open and easygoing, and uh, I send you a, a good picture of a Ragberry and then of the electro bug, and then there's a green bug with an oval window. That's my buddy. He came out in 1985 too. The magazine. Oh, he did. Yeah, it's called Bad Oval. Okay, he he's also in trends. Uh, yeah, me and him came on the same year in the same paper, but I can't find that guy. So it, it he came out 1985 in in VW Trans, and you said his his ad was called Bad Oval. Yes, All right, that's cool. that's the name of it, and uh, that's what the magazine. They put like a pennant, and it says Bad Oval. And as a matter of fact, I have two copies of the 19 original 85 magazine here under my mattress. So you got to get through me to get my magazine. That's it. That's it. Well, I've got a collection of VW Trans. So I'm going to run through them. What's on the What's on the cover? Of that 85 VW Trans. You said uh, is it 85 or 86? 85. I think it's uh. August 1985. August of 85. Okay, yeah. And it's a Roadster Volkswagen on there. Okay, yep. I've got that. I have that issue sitting right here on my... uh, You see it with that chick with a blue bikini? I got it. I'm sitting here. I'm flipping through the pages right now as we speak, man. So If you go to page number... There she is, all Ragberry in all her glory. Yeah, but at the beginning, there's a, a, a page 33, Bad Oval. Nice. And, bo- and, and both you guys, now just out of curiosity, you guys weren't running logos for your club on your windows? Uh, no, he, he didn't run uh, uh, Boys in Style because um, he had his own shop. Gotcha. Okay. Oh yeah, bad oval. So he's from the he's from the same area, huh? Ray Ray yeah. Maldonado. Yeah, that was Randy Maldonado. That's Randy. my best friend. So Randy's the one that owned the VW shop. He owned. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he he got a better picture than me, but I had more story on me. He had like a whole half. He had a whole page for himself. Yeah, but you got I mean, the you, you do got the centerfold, so you got that going for you, man. That's for sure. Yeah, mine's is on the seventy something. Yeah. No, nope, I'm looking. I'm looking right at it. Well, man, Dave, it's uh, Dave is cool to talk to you, man, and talk about uh, Ragberry and some of the effect that Ragberry's had uh, on the VW scene, without question, man. 
Uh, Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. If you're ever in Vegas, you got my number. Look me up, buddy. We'll chat. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. God bless you and keep up the good work. I appreciate it. You too. And and give me your email and I'll send you and I'll email you a link to the podcast. Very cool, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. you I'll get get that shout out. I'll get that shout out to you Monday, man. Sounds beautiful. You got it, brother. Hey, thanks for coming on the thanks for coming on the podcast, brother. Uh no, you just made me cry, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. I'm pre- I listen, I appreciate everything you did, man. It's awesome. It's it's awesome to be able to reminisce and get to the guys that were that were there back in the days, man, doing what they do yeah. with these cars, man. It's you know, guys like you inspired guys like me, and I'm fifty, so I'm a I'm I'm a little younger than you, but not that much, but young enough, couple <laughs> a couple high school classes behind you. And yeah. uh, you guys were the guys out there, man, with these rad cars that were getting all of us motivated to build some build some stuff ourselves. So, well, yeah. God bless you, and have a blessed day. And uh, thank you so much. All right, David. Thanks. If you like that podcast, make sure you share this podcast with all your VW buddies. Click on the link where you listen to it from, copy it, paste it in your group text, and help me grow my membership. It's booming every month. It's getting bigger and bigger. And I appreciate all the hard work that my fans are doing that my listeners are doing to help promote Let's Talk Dubs. Don't forget, guys, eight weeks until you can register for Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend. So go to the show, sign up. It's the best time you can have. And super smoking deals on rooms. Get your rooms booked a month before, all right? Lock it down, guys. Don't say I didn't warn you. Well, I'm excited to do more podcasts next week. We got Fred Simpson with Performance Technology coming up. So... Things just keep plugging right along, and I got plenty more podcasts to do. So until next week, guys, later. Here's a Volkswagen that's big enough. The new VW Fastback Sedan. The Fastback also has the most powerful engine we've ever made. It's air-cooled. Since we made a VW that's a little roomier in the inside, and in the back, where most cars have their trunks, we have a... Come into your Volkswagen dealer. He'll show you where the motor is.